in my TOEFL IBT listening course. I'm your host, as always, Arsidio. And today, whoo, I had a recommendation. Today's going to be a section. So if you're actually on the listening course, you're going to see a section at the bottom after some of the questions I had gone over where it talks about note-taking. I had a recent student, okay, or right now, Daniela, big shout out to you. She said, you know what? I, you know, I signed up for the course, but how, just how can I go about note-taking, you know? And so I had sent her some videos in regards to that, but she's like, how about the lectures? I don't know what to take notes on. And I said, oh, well, I'm your guy. <laughs> We're going to be diving into this today. We got unexplained sounds and we are dealing specifically with inference questions. Now I could put this under the inference questions tab, but nonetheless, it's all good. I'll just label it out, label it out so that you can follow it accordingly. All right. Now we have two questions. We're only focusing on two questions to go here in these four plus minutes that we're going to be taking down notes in regards to the unexplained sounds lecture that I have here is to see, hey, did I write down any of the keywords in regards to these questions? I've already given you an example to what questions we're going to be doing today, specifically inference, because she said, and a lot of my other students have said, oh my God, inference questions. Oh my God, inference questions. Oh my God, inference questions. I said, I'm your guy. I'm going to help you through this. So what can be inferred about specific things? We're going to have to dive deep into, into the psyche in terms of, hmm, okay, what am I, how can I read between the lines to answer this question? That's what we're diving into right here, baby. So with that being said, I got the little lecture right here. I'm going to play this bad boy and then we're gonna go from there. So get your pen, get your pencil, and let's take some notes. Tres, dos, uno. Okay, last week we talked about different theories regarding life on Mars. Today, I want to talk about different types of sounds that scientists have detected in our universe. In 2006, the USA National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has picked up some extraordinary sounds using its Equatorial Pacific Ocean Autonomous Hydrophone Array, and a few of them remain unidentified today. Of course, we have some theories and none of them involve little green men from outer space setting up home in the depths, but they remain mysterious and intriguing all the same. Let's look at a few of them. The first we call upsweep. It was detected on the American National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Equatorial Autonomous Hydrophone Arrays and was present when the Pacific Marine Environment Laboratory first started recording sound using its surveillance system back in August 1991. It consists of a long series of rising sounds, each one several seconds in duration and is continuous. The level is high enough that we can record it on arrays throughout the Pacific. What makes it even more unusual is that it appears to be seasonal, reaching peaks in the spring and autumn. Whether that's because of changes at the source or environmental changes, it's not entirely clear. Scientists have narrowed down the source of the sound to roughly 54 degrees south by 140 degrees west and this is a site where we believe there to be volcanic seismicity. But we haven't pin... Okay, hold on. It freezes for a second. ...down to okay. anything specific. 
The sound level has actually been declining over the years since 1991, but they can still be detected on the arrays. Another interesting and unidentified sound that we've captured on our surveillance system is bloop. That's the name given to an ultra-low frequency and extremely powerful underwater sound that was detected by the NOAA in uh, 1997. Using triangulation techniques, they narrowed down the source to a remote point in the South Pacific Ocean, just west of the southern tip of South America. The sound was detected several times by the Equatorial Pacific Ocean Autonomous Hydrophone Array. The sound rose rapidly in frequency over the course of about one minute, and the audio profile closely resembled that of a living creature, a whale perhaps. The sound, however, was of sufficient amplitude to be heard on multiple sensors, and so was several times louder than the loudest recorded animal, the blue whale. The NOAA VENTS program has attributed the sound to that of a large ice quake, as numerous ice quakes share similar spectrograms with bloop, and they can exhibit the necessary amplitude for them to be recorded at ranges exceeding 5,000 kilometers. Since NOAA's Dr. Christopher Fox does not believe the sound was man-made, a bomb perhaps, nor are the sounds consistent with those from geological events like volcanoes or earthquakes, this seems to be the most likely reason for the sound. And if this is the case, the most probable location was between Bransfield Straits and the Ross Sea. A couple of others, whose sources have not been formally identified, but are slightly less mysterious, are Julia and Train. Julia was recorded on March 1, 1999, again by the NOAA. The sound could be heard over the entire Equatorial Pacific Ocean Autonomous Hydrophone Array and lasted for about 15 seconds. The sound is consistent with that of an iceberg running aground. The source hasn't been pinpointed precisely due to the uncertainty of the arrival azimuth, but was likely between Bransfield Straits and Cape Adair. Train was probably caused by the same thing, even though the sound itself was quite different. A rising sound which reached a quasi-steady frequency, it was recorded on March 5, 1997, on the same array. Oh my God. So, wow, let's dive into this. Seriously, man, when it came to a lot of, I hated it when he said the NOAA, well, finally said the NOAA towards the end. But every time he said it, I said, oh my God, shut up. Because guess what? A lot of you right now, remember today's about note-taking. It's not so much about the answer, but it's about note-taking. If you were to waste your time writing down the equatorial, the rain, the law, the la, 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 you would have fucked up, okay? All your attention would have went to that. And then guess what? In about two, three, four sentences would have gone by. You wouldn't have gotten keywords to any of that. So can you write it down? If you heard it the first time, can you write down machine? You probably see it somewhere in my notes around here somewhere that I wrote down the word machine. Because I'm like, okay, machine. It's got to be some kind of stupid machine, okay? You need to find a Bible. You need to find a, a specific way that you can take down notes accordingly. Write down acronyms, okay? Because remember, I obviously, oh my God, you write so fast. I have 10 fingers. I'm just showing you the different type of content words that I wrote down, right? And so... That was one big thing 
Tip number one, do not write down the entire word. Have your own rubric. Have your own acronym, like Bible, to say, okay, instead of writing predators, I'm going to write pred. Instead of writing American, I'm going to write U.S. and circle it. I have no idea. Instead of writing C's 